Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Hello Jane. Hi Finn. So I thought we'd just change the intro slightly there because we always say the same thing. We do. And we have just been talking about um, how our Twitter feed has changed because I've been looking at corgis. Yes, we seem to have lots of corgi videos and duck videos. (laughs) It just goes to show what our uh, our mental state has been over the last few weeks because we've been using Twitter for watching... uh, clickbait videos rather than uh, looking at professional learning but we're going to get serious again now. we get professional again Finn, yes we are going to get professional again we hope everybody is doing well and is ready for this professional discussion today we're going to talk about when reading is already a problem what should you do and, and I think we've, we've discussed this today about having this is very much from um, a secondary perspective because I think both of our well, Although our experiences are from within secondary, but I, I'm going to qualify yeah. that and say it's it's there is going to be a secondary slump. I think it's it's going to be useful for key stage two as Absolutely, well, because yeah. we've got we've done um, a number of podcasts already on early reading yeah. and how to teach reading. And now we're going to look at once that kind of teaching reading is in place or yeah. you've already got a problem with reading and you need to fix it. What are the things that you can do in addition to yeah. making sure your early yeah. reading is really good? Yeah. So that, that's what we're going to do today. But before that, let, let's talk about what we've been doing this week. Well, it's been a bit of a whirl this week. Yeah. It, it has a bit. I'm trying to balance home life, family, all the stuff that's going on, good mm-hmm. or bad, in family mm-hmm. life yeah. around everything that we started. But then my daughter celebrated her 21st this weekend yeah. as well. So that's all just been into the mix. How on earth? Yeah, she's 21, I don't know. But there we go. And I'm still having my kitchen. Now, my are. house is a building site, so I've been in the office a lot. So that's yeah. been quite challenging. That's just creak so. under the stress, isn't it? Yes. So, But, but professionally, work-wise, oh my gosh, we've, we've just been, so been busy. busy. And, and it's I can't believe we're, what, two weeks into... We're only two weeks into term when we're recording this. Yes. If, and if... But you know, it was funny. I was just... Um, just as an aside, the um, on my Facebook feed, a photograph came up of us interviewing Kirsty Williams, the previous <laughs> education minister, as in two, two years, years ago. Yeah. It feels like 10 years it ago. Does. It's, it does. It feels such a long time ago. Yeah. But anyway. And, I, and I'm sure everyone back in school is, is feeling the fact that, you know, summer holidays was, does feel like a long oh, time. Yeah, a lifetime a ago. ago. But we've been back face to face in schools, which has we been have. great. We've done a couple of schools face-to-face and we were down in Swansea at St David's and we were up St David's Catholic, Catholic primary where we're working with the cluster now there the yes. whole cluster including yeah. the secondary Bishop Vaughan which is exciting um for assessment and progression we were in um I don't even know where St. it is oh Brimower yes sorry <laughs> I'm trying to think St. Where Mary's. It was. St Mary's Church in Wales School yeah building up to professional inquiry yes. so we're kind of starting the, yeah. the process that we of course we're still working with mountain ash cluster doing assessment and progression uh we're still working with Heinland in scotland doing the quality of teaching and learning linked with their learning and teaching policy and i have hopefully fingers crossed today <laughs> touch word and touch everything finished the curriculum writing project for uh, schools in abu dhabi yeah that's been I wouldn't say, I was going to say really painful, but well, it has been painful because it's been an editing process. Yeah. It's, it's effectively, it's a bit like writing a textbook, yeah. 
and it's oh yeah yeah but we're also preparing for our um, workshops our assessment accountability assessment progression and accountability workshops we've got mm. coming up in a couple of weeks which I know both the Caffili dates are completely sorry I've just panicked now because I'm thinking we're only halfway through writing that so <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no, yeah. no we've got next week's okay, okay. um uh both the Caffili dates are completely sold out so we've got a waiting list for those which is fantastic um so I feel guilty about having to turn people away but yeah you know, and, I'm, and I'm sure they don't but, want to travel yeah to do it but, but we, our, we, we may do it two again left I think on our North Wales one which is brilliant yeah. as well so I'm looking forward to that little journey up, up north we love it up there yeah we do we, we do. do so there, there's lots of um things in the pipeline yeah, lots we've got lots on. of sessions we're, we're kind of we're really quite close to having to say no more before christmas which is fantastic but um today looking at reading um obviously as a former english teacher but also i feel really very very strongly about reading it's, it's something that's close to my heart but we have we have our own little reading book club don't we we do and it, mentioned yeah before. i think we have mentioned it before and i think it was one of those things today because we're getting so busy yeah that we say oh well we, we were meant to look at this bit but we'll, we'll discuss it next week and then yes. it gets pushed on another yeah. week but we yeah. will get back to it but one of the things that we one of the the books that we looked at couple of weeks ago wasn't it mm. was the thinking reading yes. by you're gonna to have to remind me who it is. it is thinking reading by james and diane murphy what every secondary teacher needs to know about reading but it, it's it's not just secondary no. it's anybody who's already <laughs> done the decoding bit yeah and is thinking yeah. about other things but as a as a, as a maths teacher mm. reading that really made me think Mm. about some of the strategies that we used to use in the department and things that if I'd thought about it a little bit deeper mm. and the book book has raised it I think that it would have made a huge difference yeah with the reading How that that our small pupils things using. yeah or slight shifts can make things yeah. very but very it, it's different. very much having a whole school strategy yes to approach yeah, rethinking reading rather than individuals is there? there's yeah limits to what the individual yeah. teacher can do but you know if you want to know more about this subject we've got a lot of uh resources on impact plus if you're a member mm -hmm. we also have free resources on there as well but we have for paid members we've got uh, a number of professional learning packs we've got some films on there we've got some sketch notes on there uh, and it's well worth going in, yeah. in and having a look on uh, look at them because they are um, very straightforward easy to yeah. use and they link uh, really nicely with some of the issues well, that the, we're going to talk about today the, the quote the one chapter we looked at we looked at chapter five in particular yes and i'm just going to quote the um, what the school leaders need to know and do about the, reading what the opening paragraph said yes, and okay. i think this this is something that we've come back to time and time again in all the meetings that we have with schools mm. um and we have where, done a where, lot of support on reading haven't yeah we? but when we're discussing with schools you know what what are the issues how can we help yeah this one quote it says we have a group of students who aren't making the progress that they should they're mostly willing to learn but they're being held back by low literacy what can we do right and and, and, and how many times have we come across that i know i know and it's 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 so often, and I hear this, I mean, we're going to jump about, I've, I've written lots of bullet points for us to discuss today, yeah. but we're going to jump yeah, about jump. them. But one of the things that really frustrates me about these kinds of discussions is you're going to school and say, right, we've got a problem with extended writing. Yeah. So my first question is, well, what's your reading like? And they say, oh, no, 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 our reading's fine, our reading's fine. But yet, you know, if you ask a couple more questions, they don't have the wealth of data that you would be able to yeah. use as a justification for yeah. no our reading is fine yeah. and it's reading doesn't sit on its own 
it, it's it's unlike some subjects where you've got discrete elements of the subject that that don't have the same impact on on those around it reading is and um, literacy and english and language is one of those things that if you are have an issue in one area it has a knock-on effect to everything it's the glue that holds everything together doesn't it and not just yeah. literacy literacy yeah. holds learning together yeah you know if you can't read you can't learn but not just that mm. and, and this is why i feel so passionately about it if you can't read how difficult it must be to operate in the world mm. you know you're kind of you must be a partial person you're constantly yeah, having yeah. to you're deal not with as involved with everything no i mean not being able to um you know make decisions i mean when we're talking about not being able to read we're not talking about literally not yeah. not knowing what the letters yeah. stand for we are talking about non-functional readers which means that you you know people may be able to decode up to a point mm. but they don't have the type of or the depth of reading comprehension decoding ability that allows them to pick up a newspaper and to read um unconsciously and have so a that conversation about content. what they've read exactly mm. and be able to make a decision based on their comprehension of whether this is a rational or irrational mm. Um, newspaper report whether it's a reasonable expectation or an unreasonable expectation you know making judgments and that's what reading mm. is and it's so uh, intrinsic to being a fully competent independent capable adult yeah so that's why reading is so important it, it's it's being an effective adult you know being able to make sense of the world around them having the freedom to imagine mm. a different future or imagine a in more independent future. You know, reading isn't just learning. Reading is progress. Reading is independent. Reading is freedom. You know, yeah. we, we are teaching children freedom. And independence. What yeah. is more important than that? So slow progress in reading makes a difference. And it has a, a massive effect. We we go we've, we've talked about this story many times. Is when we go back to some some secondaries in particular that we've worked mm. with who haven't really got an understanding, mm. or they haven't got that. It's not not as much understanding, but they haven't got the data yeah. that tells them what the reading picture mm. is across the school. Yeah. And I know I know it's something that we've talked lot, lots and lots of times about that Matthew mm. effect mm. and the fact that by the time they get to secondary. For those who aren't very reading, yeah, it's it's just going to get yeah wider and wider. And as a secondary teacher, you know, yeah, we're not taught how to teach people to read because we're and we're not focused on on doing that as part of our day to day job. No secondary no. teachers are, including the English department. Yeah, because I yeah. I know we've said this before that they they have literature yeah. degrees. Often it's unusual if you if you have had um, language. Um, degree qualification but what I remember a lot about um you know the, a number of the schools that I've worked in especially the one I worked on up on the Wirral is you'd have children come into school in year seven who were non-functional mm. readers you know age seven age eight and my heart just used to sink because yeah. I think well even with you know um a focused intervention how difficult yeah. their life was going to be because they were going to have to deal with you know, the stigma that went with not being able to read and the schools that I was working in at the time, 
you know, interventions were actually quite a new thing to the schools, yeah. you know, that actually withdraw children. They were doing that as a kind of new thing yeah. to deal I, with it. And I, it's, think, oh, it's really... I think it goes wider than that, though, is that those children that are recognised mm. that have got such low literacy levels, mm. yes, there are interventions in secondary mm. to help them, mm. you know, so, and to support them. But there's also that middle band of children who yeah, are yeah. reading below yeah. their chronological yeah. age, which I think is still significant. So if yeah. you're talking about a 13-year-old, 11-year-old, yeah. that's maybe reading at age 9, yeah. age 10, yeah. even six months below, it's still below. Yeah. What are we doing about those pupils? Those are more of our quicker wins because the gap... Well, this is where you, then you start thinking about you know, um, standards and attainment at GCSE. Mm how much of those um, pupils, how much of the, the um, result yeah. landscape for yeah. those pupils who are not reaching expectations, mm. who are not meeting their uh, targets, yeah. is actually down to their reading proficiency. Yeah. It's, and, and I know it's very much down to resources in school, isn't it? Mm. That you, you have to put where the greatest need is, but there's still, I think, a need with those particular children. Yeah. They still, still do need an intervention of some description not the same well if we're thinking about in curriculum for wells we're thinking about the purpose of the curriculum and we're thinking mm. about creating capable ambitious independent um, adults then we need to provide them with the skills to do that and reading is the the most yeah. important skill and i i know that not everybody might agree with me but i think you i i challenge you on that that there is no more important skill than reading yeah because yeah, in every single exam, you have to read the exam paper. In every walk of mm -hmm. life, you have to read um, instructions for everything. You have to read to access society. Yeah. So I think that reading becomes um, a part of who you are. And if you don't have it, what a massive disadvantage, yeah, yeah, yeah. disability yeah. That, that that must be. So given how important reading is and the Matthew effect, that the fact that the gap widens, um, as children get older, um, what can schools do if they uh, are beginning to recognise maybe they, they've got slower progress in subjects than they would expect or they've got um, pupils' behaviour is yeah. an issue and we're going to talk about that in a minute. So what's the first thing they should do? Well, they should understand the problem. Yeah, and I think the only way you're really going to understand the problem is there needs to be some sort of data yes. that you can look at and start to make sense. And I know that as far as looking at data in many of the schools that we've worked with, they'll look at data, whether it's NGRT, whether it's any other sort of reading, um, reading test. test or whatever ones they are. No, NGRT yeah. is the one Solfred. we seem to work with the most. Yeah, But it's about, yes, we can use that to... I, um, Rank. identify individuals that need that extreme amount of intervention mm. but I don't think schools really look at the whole whole school picture yeah and see what's happening year by year yeah. by year and it's looking at it at that top level yeah and also then down as groups and yeah. then so, individuals so you need to start looking at layers and um, yeah we and we can talk about exactly what to do with the data in a minute but just before we talk about that let's let's talk about um what a reading problem in a school might look like and one of the things that I think we've seen um, in schools that we've worked with but also I've experienced as a teacher myself is where reading um, is an issue it's it's an issue you know the teachers know that it's an issue they've got pupils who are 
you know, task abandonment um, or they're kicking off in lessons or they're just not making the progress. And I'm not talking about English. I'm talking about all subjects. And I mean, one of the schools, I'm not going to name it, the, one of the schools, secondary schools I worked in, what was really interesting is they had um, a behaviour department um, and they had the, the I'm not quite sure whether he was the head of the behaviour department or he was just the main man in the behaviour department. He was a really, really nice guy. He was a former rugby player. He, he was a rugby coach at the local, um, the local uh, team. Everybody knew him. He was really, he was a really nice guy and the kids really respected him. But he was a former teaching mm. assistant and his job was to go and pick the kids up when they were kicking off in the lesson, take them off to a room, talk to them, calm them down, bring them back again. And it worked really, really well. But what wasn't happening is a recognition of why behaviour mm. was happening in the first place. Mm. So it was a sticking plaster to manage the situation. Yeah. And it did manage it really, yeah. really well. Yeah, but it keeps continuing. And it's not solving the problem, is it? It's just managing the problem. Absolutely. And there was, um, um, in their book, James and Diane I'm, Murphy, they list lots of research papers that actually link directly behaviour issues yeah. Yeah, with yeah. reading. Well, there's a quote in the book, isn't it? Because this is the one we were, we were yeah. talking in our preamble that, any school leader overseeing behaviour and safety must ensure that part of the plan for improving students' conduct and indeed their experience of school is to ensure that they can read properly. Yes. So if you looked at reading ages mm. or reading issues or um, and you had that data and you could correlate that mm. with pupils who were be appearing yeah. on, you know, behaviour yeah. data. And it doesn't have to be big issues no. does it it's very much that low level, level disruption and i think that's the one that we all you know you know those who use things like class charts or yeah. the children that keep getting those behavior yeah. points and those behavior logs yeah because there's lots of research out there that says that there is a significant correlation yeah. between yeah. behavior issues and uh, yeah. poor reading performance yeah. and if those children had a targeted intervention to improve their reading yeah. all of their behavior issues and when we're thinking about behavior issues you know, thinking about the story that I just talked about in old school, how many of those pupils, they were they were the pupils who were always out. How much of their learning were they listening? Yeah. So it exacerbates the situation. Yeah, it and it might well be down to a six week, six month intervention mm -hmm. that could fix all of that yeah. and give them the sense of confidence to move forward and be a different um, a different yeah. child, a different adult. Because I think very much in secondary, because of the sheer size and scale of what we're in mm. number of people we're talking about the behavior side mm. of that that pastoral side yeah isn't always linked with curriculum no and i think having those links between the two yeah is really really important i think back to the experiences of the schools that i've worked in there hasn't really been a, a link of look, let's look at the curriculum data no. let's look at the reading ages to see what is going on and i have never yet met somebody who had a, a, an issue with reading who didn't want to hide it yeah you know it's, yeah. it's well, particularly the older they get as well yeah so and um, we're talking even at primary school if children are struggling reading and we're not saying cannot read or are non-functional readers or but just find it a little bit difficult yeah, yeah. yeah they they may be very unwilling to admit to that so it's it's a um, a series of detective work for schools to help the pupils 
to deal with issues that they're not willing yeah. to raise with with teachers with staff. And, what, and what's key to that is making sure that whatever data you've got is current. Yes. I mean, we've been lots of school. Oh, yeah, well, we did NGRT two years ago. So we'll have a look at that data. Well, it's two years ago. So it's not really. Yeah, well, it's not. Two of those years ago already gone. gone. So it's it's making sure that it's current and it's and it's very and it's consistent, but it's also very focused in what you're looking for. Yeah. And it needs to be not just reading. It needs to be spelling and yeah. writing yeah. as well. I mean, and I, I, I said before about how, you know, we've got a problem with extended writing. Well, what's your reading yeah. like? But it's also the whole thing with reading is reading is reading words. So, you know, what's children's yeah. vocabulary like? What yeah. if their spelling is like, you know, what's their, the breadth of their vocabulary? Yeah. Right. There was a really interesting um a randomized control test that I actually uh, studied that I picked up on um, one of the newsletters that mm. we get regularly sent to us at Center for Epidemics Research or something like that, um, done by John Hopkins University, where they looked at a oral development, uh, oral uh, reasoning <laughs> oh, yes. uh, program um, as a uh, method by which to improve reading comprehension. Mm. So they hadn't actually been teaching reading, they've been teaching. Um, you know, question and answer, yeah. discussions, oracy. And actually it showed, and this is a randomized yeah. control test that showed that um, that those who had received the oral reasoning program had improved, their reading had actually improved because of course you do, you're looking at words. Be, yeah. If you know more words and you understand more words, you can read more yeah. words, you can make those connections. Yeah. So I think, um, well, it, it's that wider, in that wider sense, isn't it? It's not just about, those children going off interventions it's what's happening in every single classroom yeah. every single lesson yeah so it is a whole school yeah issue that yeah. needs to be addressed and it can't just be oh that pupil is 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 struggling with reading so we'll withdraw them yes and give them some intervention then pop them back in yeah it that's not going to work they've got to that point and are struggling yeah. with reading because there's something in the curriculum yes. that isn't providing yeah. what they need and i think that when we're thinking about covid and what has happened with covid mm -hmm. For those children who struggle with reading, they've been at home more yeah. often and they haven't been <clears throat> accessing the shared reading. They haven't been accessing the opportunities to enjoy books together, uh, possibly. You know, if they're, if they're living in a situation that is disadvantaged, you know, reading probably isn't particularly high yeah. on the agenda when families may be struggling yeah. to feed themselves yeah. or heat the house or, or, or so on. So it's really important that we consider that it's conversations in the classroom mm -hmm. are a precursor to reading, yeah. to writing. So for example, if you were, you know, there are lots of great standardized tests out there, but if you wanted to do a, a quick strategy writing test, and I know that there's somebody else, I think it was Helen Bowen on Twitter who was talking about a lukewarm writing, mm -hmm. because we know that the cognitive lo load required by writing is is quite large because you've mm. got to control language you've got to think about your grammar your your the way in which you're articulating yourself in words on the page but you've also got to think about what you're mm. writing so rather than doing a cold write where you just say write about you mm. know um who you are and what you, you mm. did last year is um actually preparing yeah, students preloading students so with everybody yeah. starting from the same place yeah. is everybody has discussed the content mm. of what they're going to write about so you really are then looking at the yeah. way in which they do that mm. the the uh, mechanics of actually mm. writing and 
picking out, you know, who's got a problem with um, controlling a sentence, who's got a problem with the choice of words, who's got a problem with extending their thoughts mm. on paper in writing, because that will have a link to their uh, vocabulary, yeah. which will also have a link with their reading. So it gives you gives you that breadth of data that will help you understand the problem even but it, more. But it also sits quite nicely when, when we're talking about doing doing some sort of standardised test for, yes. for, for pupils and you know thinking about the ranking. And, and I think we're very good at looking at data in in that sort of perspective. Mm. But it's that's just one test on one day that only gives you performance on a day. And I think identifying intervention groups just from that one bit of data yeah. is sometimes is a bit of a false economy. I think you've got mm. to look look at that as maybe identifying which pupils you want to look at further. Mm. And then once you've identified those, then go along and do some little bit of a deeper analysis to find mm. out what the actual underlying problem is. And then you can maybe um, put some children back or take them back off the list because mm. they might be outliers. They might just have had a bad day. Yeah. They might have just missed a Couldn't page. Couldn't be bothered that day. And I, I know we've all, you know, missed a page or turned two pages over and, and, and yeah. they've missed certain yeah. elements of it. So I think it's using that as a, in a little bit of more of a forensic yeah. way about it's not the first port of call that yeah. that gives you your list. And you know, and how many how many schools set just based on one test? And well, this is it, it. doesn't give you the right pictures. And and having you know doing the hard work first yeah. will save you so much time yeah. and money and effort yeah. later on in the year if you haven't got pupils on there who just turned over their two yeah. pages. Well, how, how many how many pupils have we got? I could I could think of a handful straight off the top of my head now that oh, I can't be bothered to do this, and they just. Yeah, they yeah. Just tick, 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 tick. And you know they're 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 more than capable. Yeah. But they come out with a really poor score, and they, yeah. they just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. And it, and and it's it's having that forensic analysis really about let's use that as a starting point. Yes. To then delve down and and let's let's just move all our outliers out of the way and let's drill down, because resources are you know are scarce. Yes. Exactly. So you want to know that when yeah. you are creating an intervention group and and uh, allocating a new member of staff in order to yeah. do that and creating a curriculum for it, that mm. the people on that intervention group or in that yeah. group are the right ones. Well, I think that's also another issue, isn't it? It's all, a, yes, you can do all the organisation and get this intervention group, but if mm. you don't know what you're going to do with that intervention group, if you know it's not going to be targeted at what their specific needs yes. it's not an off the shelf no let's start from the beginning let's just cover everything again yeah it's got to be very specific and children within that group will have very needs themselves. well this is this is kind of like the last point on that um data analysis isn't it you you kind of you you've done your whole test and you've recognized okay so this is the bottom third yeah then you've double checked that that really yeah. is the bottom third and then you've gone right within that bottom third we've got this this smaller group who are really desperate and yeah. need so some, they need something so they specific. need something really specific yeah. but what exactly is it yeah. let's do one-to-ones with them mm-hmm. and find out their specific needs because just like anything you know if you buy some general fix-all cream and rub it on eventually it might work but if you get that that well what exactly is the issue yeah. and you might use it for a few days and it's done and this is same with reading is if you know exactly what the problem is, maybe mm-hmm. it's literally a confidence issue. Yeah. And you deal specifically with that confidence issue, they might then fly and the progress is exponential. Yeah. So it's making sure that your data analysis 
really yeah. you really know the issue spend the time on really understanding what the picture is before you go yeah ahead okay so once you've understood the problem the next step is to actually resource Can I just them. say the book the book explain it really really well they talk about multi-layered screening they, they do what it is sorry right yeah, okay so. I'm just going to say that again because it was yes. an important point <laughs> okay so once you know you understand what the problem is the next thing you need to do is resource the problem and I, I, I think this needs to be stressed because um, so often I think in schools um, where there is pressure on finances, there's pressure on budgets, there's pressure on uh, teacher allocation, they know they've got a problem, they know maybe the breadth of the problem they've got, but then they fail to allocate the resources. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when you start to understand that maybe the, the importance of this problem isn't showing up in action so maybe they don't really fully understand um how important it really is and yeah. what a difference it can make to so many areas of the school life but also the people's yeah. life it's not a case of uh and i've been in the situation many many times having having this conversation about staffing who who we've got mm. who's got spare capacity on yeah. their timetable yeah. well that's okay you can use that as a yeah, reading intervention. intervention lesson yeah. and that's that's the wrong way to approach it isn't it no it's it's not an afterthought it, it should, should come be first, come first yeah. right so you decide who you want to yeah. be involved in this because they have the skills to do it yeah. and then manage everybody else yeah. around that or if they haven't then there needs to be some CPD way. to professional learning into yeah that, well this it? is it there's no harm in saying well you've got space on your yeah. your timetable but actually make sure that person is Has supported yeah, to, to actually it. be able to do yeah. it effectively so making sure that you've got the right staff in the right place, maybe to do a short burst intervention, maybe to do a longer, more specified intervention, whatever it is. But having a priority for your financial allocation and working to that. Yeah. But it's not just about allocating staff to pupils. It's also about allocating time and space and yeah. expertise within the curriculum for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it... But it, these interventions should be a revolving door so it's not about the same children going back in all the time it might be that once you've got a group of children that are ready to fly back mm. in the classroom mm. they go back and then another yeah you know go back and look at your data or redo your data again six months down the line are there any other children now that are appearing to struggle yeah so they come back in it's not set in stone in september and that's yeah. it till august well this is it with interventions you would want to have your data analysis of you know how yeah. effective they are at the beginning of the intervention at the end of the intervention but then once the intervention is finished six months down the line yeah. do they are they still, they still okay yeah if not come back in well this is it but when they go back out to the curriculum you would want that that mainstream curriculum to be continuing the yes. support yeah. to be making sure that every teacher um, who's teaching their curriculum well, is supported to explicitly support better reading yeah it, i mean in, in an ideal world we would want every teacher to have the understanding of the mechanics of yeah. how pupils learn to read well we're going to talk you? about that in yeah. a minute but yeah so all at-risk readers are supported yeah. so this is not just about those who are displaying non-functional reading or those who are you know their behavior displaying they've got an mm. issue but all those, even those who are hiding it really well, who are very visible, yeah. 
but they are at risk because maybe they're six months below their chronological um, age. So what can um, a whole school development of reading in terms of professional learning look like? Because we've talked a lot about, you know, understanding the problem and, and making sure you put the money behind it, but teachers need to know how to teach reading. Mm. And this is not something that is, I mean, it's such a hackneyed phrase. Every, every teacher is a teacher of reading. But it's true, and I think that there are things that every teacher can do, but within the context of their yeah, own yeah, subject yeah, yeah. or within the context of, you know, any topic in, in mm. primary, at primary level, explicit vocabulary instruction, because we know that reading is reading of words. Yeah. It's not a separate skill to words. It's your reading words. So the more words you know, the better you can read. The better you can read, the more words you know. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a cycle. And one of the best ways of, of teaching explicit reading is Beckham McEwen's mm -hmm. um, explicit vocabulary instruction. Mm -hmm. We've got a sketch note on Impact Plus that takes you through the steps and it's very straightforward, very doable. But thinking about which words do students mm -hmm. need in your subject? Not just your subject specific. Yeah, it's not just your, it's your tier two and your tier three, isn't it? Academic words as well, things like explore or discuss mm -hmm. or explain or describe, those kinds of words. Uh, well, the one I always used to hate was calculate because the people say, <laughs> can I have a calculator? Because it says calculate. It's that understanding, isn't it, of what the word, yes, what those, those command words and those tier two words really yes. do. Me, in mean in that subject, subject. Yeah. because they are different across different subjects as well so explicit vocabulary instruction mm -hmm. built into your curriculum and of course in wales we have the perfect opportunity for that because we've got curriculum for wales so this is an opportunity to spend some time on that explicit and systematic language teaching now i know that this is teachers get quite worried about this because they think that they're going to have to have this very sort of um old-fashioned grammar teaching knowing what a past participle is and knowing you know the object and the subject of the, uh, the sentence and all of that that does help but you don't have to have a depth of grammar no. understanding yourself in order to be able to teach it you know you can just be descriptive about it and say in science the way in which we describe uh, construct sentences is a way in which the speaker is taken out mm. So it becomes a passive sentence as opposed to an active sentence. And knowing some grammatical structures and knowing how they're used and recognising and seeing that they are specific mm. to your subject and they are required of learners means that it'll be easier for learners to read mm. in your subject. And I think that when we're thinking about explicit grammar instruction, reading is not just about reading individual words. It's reading how those words interact with each other. Yeah. You know that they the order of words makes a difference. Yeah. So you need to know how that works. Yeah. So we need explicit, um, uh, systematic language um, teaching, and this is where professional learning is required. You know, teachers need to feel confident to be able to do that. And I think a lot of teachers don't feel confident at primary yeah. and secondary. But I also think as teachers, we do it because we're experts within our yeah our subject. You do it subconsciously. You do, yeah. You don't think about it. No. No, I mean, if I was to read a math textbook, it would be very different to reading an English textbook. Yeah. It's, it's just presented yeah. differently. Yeah, okay, so we've got the vocabulary instruction, language teaching, background knowledge, mm. acquisition of background knowledge. Mm. Uh, you know, you, you read words, 
but you also read everything that those words are connected with. Mm. And I think when we're thinking about, and it's, it's later on, inference, inference is about implied connections. Mm. It's about when you read a sentence and you make an inference about that sentence, it's about all of the connections linked yeah. maybe with a single word yeah. that are implied by the way that if, what's around it. If you've got no background knowledge, you no. can't. You haven't infer. got those connections. You can't. You can't. No. So it's it's um, there are certain subjects that if you don't know anything about them, they're very difficult to read mm. about and to make sense mm. of because you don't know what the inferences are. You can't pick up the nuances. Mm. And this is where um, acquisition of background knowledge is independence for pupils as well it's about freedom for pupils yeah. to make the connections that, the, that are being suggested but again it's got implications for curriculum design within curriculum for wales isn't it because yeah. we need to make sure that we're building on yeah previous knowledge yes from the year before or yes. the two before or the topic before and recognizing when pupils don't have the background knowledge that you'd expect them to because yeah. they haven't had the yeah. same experiences as maybe some of the other people's in your yes. class. So thinking about, well, what background knowledge do they need in order to yeah. be able to read this text? How can I build that yeah. for them? Yeah. But the, the other thing that um, uh, the Murphys suggest, which I think is fascinating and really crucial, but often we forget, reasoning skills. Mm. Because in order to be able to read, you have to make judgments about what you're reading. That's kind of the purpose yeah. of reading. You're, yeah. you're presented with an idea and there's this whole, I won't go into it, but there's this whole um, literary theory called reader response theory, i.e. once the text is written, it stops belonging to the writer and it starts belonging to the reader and the reader reads it and makes, and their, makes, own sense it. Yeah. makes their own judgments about it. But you have to be able to reason in order to do that. So if you can develop pupils' ability to reason, that means ability to rank things sort things yeah. categorize things decide which is better and which is worse and where they want to go next so having that kind of um but it's thinking through a problem seeing a solution yeah. but it, it is about building in space within the curriculum to, to talk about what yes. you've read yes i mean this is something that all good english teachers mm. will know is that you never just give pupils a text and say read it now tell me about it you always do an awful lot of work around mm. that text you might pre-teach some vocabulary you might talk about the context in which it's mm. talking you might discuss the the characters and how they're thinking and feeling in it or or you know reading a text is so much more than just decoding the words on the page there's it's a lot to be done and I think that there even when that text is a non-fiction text or when that text is a uh, maybe an information text that's actually um it's non-continuous it's you know it's bullet points it's still really important to um support pupils to develop the reasoning skills that are needed in order to make sense of it yeah so we've got support teachers to be able to do the job but making classrooms an emotionally safe place for children who struggle to read yeah particularly the older children the older children get, yes, it becomes a lot more of an issue, emotional issue, isn't it? Yeah, and a very personal issue, and it's when they're more self-aware, ingrained habits yeah. that their natural response will be to hide it or yeah. to act out yeah. or to to teachers need to understand what it's like um, to not be able to read and actually challenge the misconceptions about struggling readers. Mm. You know that. If you have dyslexia, well, all you can do is maths. Yeah. I mean, 
uh, as a personal experience, uh, my husband will never know that I'm saying this <laughs> to him, but my husband, what do you I mean, think. Vinny listens every week. Oh, he does, yeah. Uh, my husband actually has a PhD. He's Dr. Wilson, but um, he has a form of uh, mm. dyslexia. My son also has a form of dyslexia. Mm. Uh, my son got an A star at English literature. He's going off, he's an engineer now. He, he has decided to do something there. But it, when you have a, um, a form of uh, challenge, and that's all it is, you know, like mm. dyslexia or uh, an issue with reading. It's not that you can't read and be a very, very good reader. Yeah. It's just that it takes you a little bit longer. Yeah. It's more of a struggle. So you need more support. Yeah. But the uh, misconceptions about, oh, well, they've got dyslexia, so they can just work mm. with numbers or they're never going to come to anything because they struggle to read. So they're they're not yeah. very bright. Do you know, what? I, can, I can remember I, I had a really challenging year nine group into 10 or 11 mm. I, I love them to bits but they, they're only a very small group and there was one 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 chap and he was he really really struggled with reading and, yeah. he, and his number was was really strong he was round about you know reading about age about age five five right, or six okay, okay. so non-punch and he was it. really struggling together but I can remember that and sitting having a conversation with him about fishing yes and what he knew about fishing yes. and the depth that he knew about fishing yes was absolutely unbelievable and how articulate he was talking about his fishing which just goes to show that that's where his niche and his schema and everything and all his experiences were and you can't pigeonhole no children and I know we know many children that you know struggled at school and they've gone off and into done life absolutely amazing when it's not about setting that ceiling right for those particular children and I think the one phrase in this book that kind of articulated what we were both feeling. And I think that this is why we felt it was important to do this podcast was it says nearly all children can be taught to read. Mm. So why aren't we? Yeah. You know, why does the system, and I'm not blaming individuals because individuals work within a system, but it is the system that is the problem is that we accept children leaving school without the skill of reading. Yeah. And, and that is, criminal it is absolutely criminal why are we spending so much time and effort with children who already have all of the advantages that they're going to need in in adult life and there are some children who school is failing them and we we need to stop that and think about the links with behavior how we can actually um, identify and support those who need the support Mm -hmm. in order to build their confidence and actually get to a point where they are um, doing it for themselves mm-hmm. rather than saying, well, I just can't. Yeah. So making classrooms emotionally safe spaces is challenging those kinds of misconceptions, challenging those kinds of strategies that assume that reading is about who you are rather mm-hmm. than the challenges yeah. that you yeah. face. Using strategies like multiple choice questions, Mm-hmm. where they already have the answer provided yeah. for them yeah and that's where some of the reasoning comes in as well isn't yeah. it a concept check questions mm-hmm. where you say well is it this or is it this so mm-hmm. the the challenge of reading is taken out of it for them you know having um accurate and constructive feedback when mistakes are made mm-hmm. because how can you learn if you're you know i mean many many times and I know it's really difficult when you're listening to somebody read and they struggle with the or word. teaching your own child to read. Yeah, and yeah you're biting your tongue. You struggle to with the yeah. word and they're, they're kind of struggling yeah. over it and then you just supply it for yeah. them. Yeah. 
that's not teaching media. No, it's not. That's just doing it for them. Yeah. It's the same as copy editing when you're yeah. you're correcting spellings. So it's thinking about how can you listen to readers and when I they get something them. wrong, yeah. helping them to do it better next time. Mm-hmm. But I think the the one of the most important things for developing um, a reading culture within the school is actually getting your middle leaders on board. Yeah. Because they're the engines, aren't they? Yeah, we've, we've, they are, always are the powerhouse of the school, aren't they? They are the driving force between yeah. what is going on. And they're the link between the whole school strategy and what is going on in the classroom. Yeah. And of course, you know, if if their students in their area of um, responsibility yeah. are doing well, yeah. then it, it's it's good for them. It's yeah. good for their department. It's good for their teachers. We want, we want to do away with this old, old phrase that keeps coming back every, every single every single year. Pupils have got the content, they know their stuff, but they can't access the GCSE questions because they can't read them and they cannot re- not comprehend them. If we could stop that link, then we can really see yeah. what our pupils can do. You know, I think if we had, let's say, let's blue sky thinking here. If we had the first five years of curriculum for Wales, mm. if every school looked at, got the, the actual data in their school, on reading and said well okay then what matters Mm. in our school is reading Mm -hmm. and we're going to have a reading rich vocabulary rich oral reasoning rich curriculum so that we can fix this problem I Mm. think it would probably fix all kinds of problems for the long term our vision that by the time they leave us or the time they move on to whatever point that they're all reading at or above yeah their chronological age yeah, so there you are. That's yeah, that's our worldview. There we go. <laughs> that's our world uh, world problem solved by next September. So yeah. the final the final stage in the kind of the process once you've put in place all of these uh, strategies, tools, resources, approaches, is to actually evaluate. Yeah, is it working? Is it working? If it's not, do something about mm-hmm. it. Because just to reiterate, nearly all children can be taught to read. And, and that's what we should be doing. Yeah. So there we go. There you are. What's coming up for us? <laughs> well, talking of books. Yeah, well, we've got another book on the go for our book club for next week. We have, we, we, I can't even remember. It's about resilience, isn't it? Yeah, psychology. So that, that's going to be an interesting one. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that at another yeah. point because that yeah. keeps coming back, doesn't it? Um, but again, it's got a link to reading. It has. It has. It? And, so, and thinking of books, we, we are. Yeah on the cusp of being able to share the cover of our, our new book with Bruce Robertson. It's exciting. It is. It so is. look out for that one. We do some reading support. We are. With, with two, two um, oh, yeah, schools, two. well, three schools, yeah. Clamby Angle and Cam Voiced, who are working together on it. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at reading in their, in those primary schools. And we're also working at Harden Village Church School. Back at North Wales again. Um, looking at reading yeah. as well. So we're yeah. also working with St Mary's in Renfrewshire, so back up in Scotland, along with Hindland. We're going to do some work. Yeah. We're still doing some work with. Yeah. On vision. Yeah. Vision of values. And our cluster work on yeah. assessment and progression, that's still ongoing. And of course, we're all going to have a bank holiday. But by the time you listen to this, we would have had, had the bank, the bank holiday. holiday. We're, we're all out of sync there, Finn. <laughs> but again, it's a Friday and it's Kerry half and half today. It is. It yeah. is. So there you are. That's, that's, that's your yeah. lot for this week. So, um, We will see you again next time. Take care. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. 
You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.